Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Congress has returned, among other things, they want to look at gun control. They want to look at impeachment. So let's look at it. On and on and on, on the gun control. If you support the Second Amendment, you must be bought and paid for by the NRA. Of course, the Second Amendment came into existence before there was an NRA, but facts don't matter. You know, ladies and gentlemen, I'll tell you something interesting. I do a lot of research. And I've been researching and researching and searching and searching. And I've been looking for 2019 or 2018 statistics on death by cafe standards. Cafe standards. Corporate average fuel economy standards. Now, the technology most despised by the enviro-statists, I pointed out in Liberty and Tyranny, is the automobile. Why? Because it provides the individual with a tangible means to exercise his independence through mobility. They don't like that. So starting with the Arab oil embargo of 1973, in which the Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries, or OPEC, cut oil exports to the United States for supporting Israel in the Yom Kippur War, the automobile has been relentlessly demonized as the enemy of the environment. So among the government's responses to the embargo was the imposition of these CAFE standards in 1975 on automobiles. And it's been around now for 44 years. Even though we are now energy independent. And so what do the left do? They attack the fact that we are energy independent. They attack fossil fuels. You know, I I would need 10 minutes on a network news show to explain this and turn this whole issue around. How the left and the Democrat Party exists to destroy progress. And its proponents argued that more efficient cars would cut gasoline use, thereby reducing reliance on foreign oil and pollution. But this was always counterintuitive. Why? More efficient cars reduce the per-mile cost of driving, enabling consumers to pay less than they otherwise would for driving more. You get my point, Mr. Producer? Okay. You're paying less per gallon, so I guess I'll drive some more. In fact, the CAFE standards did not reduce America's importation of oil. 
And although CAFE standards failed to reduce gasoline consumption or significantly improve the environment, here's what they have succeeded in doing since 1975. Killing human beings. Tens of thousands of human beings. The reason? The laws of physics. Because in order to meet the per-gallon fuel efficiency standards set by Congress, the automobile industry was forced to reduce the size and weight, that is the mass, of vehicles. So automobiles and light trucks contain more plastic and aluminum than ever before. And their human occupants are more vulnerable to injury and death from most kinds of accidents. Has anybody heard this issue raised by anybody? Has anybody heard this issue raised on CNN, MSNBC, frankly, any cable show, network show, newspaper? No, you haven't. And yet cafe standards are killers. By the thousands and thousands. Mass killers. And even in addition to that, maimers. People get very horribly injured. So clear was the evidence gathered in the past that they stopped gathering evidence. They stopped looking at the statistics. Now, in 1989, analysts at the Brookings Institution at Harvard University estimated that 2,000 to 3,900 lives are lost. This is in 89. And 20,000 serious injuries occur each year in traffic accidents resulting from smaller, lighter cars. Neither Brookings nor Harvard has put out a recent study. Why? Why do you think? Because many on the left who help fund these institutions would cut them off. The Competitive Enterprise Institute examined 1997 <coughs> excuse me, traffic fatality data and concluded that CAFE standards caused between 2,600 and 4,500 deaths in 1997. In 1999, USA Today analyzed the statistical link between CAFE standards and traffic fatalities. Listen to this. And they reported that 46,000 people have died in crashes they would have survived in bigger, heavier cars since 1975. So over a 24-year period, 46,000 people died in crashes who would have survived but for a cafe standards, 46,000. Now that's up to 1999. Not up to 2009, not up to 2019. 20 years later, well, I guess you could pretty much double that, couldn't you? Even more. That's why nobody will do a study today. In 2001, the National Academy of Sciences panel reported that the downweighting and downsizing of light vehicles in the 70s and early 80s, partly due to CAFE standards, probably resulted in an additional 1,300 to 2,600 traffic fatalities in 1993. More Americans 
are killed and maimed each year from cafe standards than American soldiers have been killed on the battlefield in Afghanistan and in Iraq. So what is the response of our government? What is the response? What's the response from the left? How many deaths? Depending on the extrapolation of these studies, they could be as high as 125,000. Major uh, injuries could be as high as 600,000. They're not even studied. Isn't that remarkable to you? So our Congress is coming back, you see, and we're told they're going to look at gun control. But they're not going to look at the CAFE standards. Of course they're not going to look at the CAFE standards. Because it would destroy the narrative of the left, wouldn't they? Yes, it would destroy the, the narrative of the left. Because the left, since 1975 vastly increased the CAFE standards, which this president has rolled back. The new corporate average fuel economy standard that the Obama administration and the left put in place, as announced by Obama in 2011, would have gone from a massive 35.5 miles per gallon, (coughs) which most vehicles clearly don't get, That was in 2016 to in 2025, in just six years, 54.5 miles per gallon. Can you imagine the number of people who would have been slaughtered on our roads as a result of such an insane and arbitrary figure mandated on all automobile and truck manufacturers? 54.5 miles per gallon cafe standard. This was celebrated in the media. Celebrated. Celebrated by the left, of course, who've been pushing this. How many people would have died? We don't know. Why? No study's been done. No study's been done. See, so much depends on the priority of what we're told. The agenda that is pushed. The ideology of the newsroom. And all we get is this endless propaganda, endless propaganda. Mass shootings are horrific. Some can be stopped, some can't. Stop attacking law enforcement. Stop disarming innocent citizens who seek to defend themselves and their families and their fellow man. Stop creating an environment where evil people can kill good human beings. That is, a this free zone or a that free zone. But we also need to look at other issues. They're even worse when it comes to death and mayhem in this country. There are more people who have automobiles and drive in this country than have guns. 
or semi-automatic weapons. The more people who drive and have cars and trucks, I'm including, in the vehicles in this country, than have XR-15s, AK-47s. You're driving a vehicle that weighs several tons. You can hurt somebody very, very badly. But if it had more weight, you're more likely to survive. Nobody's discussing this. And of course, at the Democrat debate on Thursday, such as it is, it's basically a bunch of cheerleading left-wing kooks being spurred on by a bunch of cheerleading left-wing kooks dressed up as journalists. None of this will be asked. None of it. It won't even be broached. It's just not going to be. And that's why I keep talking about, and I wrote in Unfreedom of the Press, We don't deal with reality in the media. What you see on TV, too often what you hear, read. It's not the reality of what's actually taking place in your lives, in your community, in your country. It's the left's social activism, progressive agenda that's being forced. And everything is measured, laundered through, and explained through that ideology. Everything which is why we're always on defense. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know, our nation's oldest colleges were founded to teach students to seek truth, recognize what's beautiful, and hold up what is good. But the vast majority of them have abandoned their missions, locked in the grip of political correctness. They no longer allow free and open discourse, Rejecting the idea of objective truth, they peddle moral and cultural relativism. Thankfully, none of this applies to Hillsdale College. For almost two centuries, Hillsdale has remained true to its original mission, to provide sound learning of the kind essential to preserving civil and religious liberty and intelligent piety. Now, as Hillsdale celebrates its 175th year, It remains committed to offering its students the very best liberal arts education in the land, as well as to extending its mission nationwide through its many outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. These include free online courses, the publication of its Free Speech Digest and Primus, its Kirby Center for Constitutional Studies and Citizenship in Washington, D.C., and its Barney Charter School Initiative, which is helping to establish classical K-12 charter schools nationwide. Pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844, this is Hillsdale College. And let me add, I think so much of Hillsdale College. I donated an original copy of a compilation of the Federalist Papers, which sit today as I speak at the Kirby Center. Hillsdale College, America's College. See, there's no need for cafe standards anymore, is there? We're now energy independent. There's plenty of fuel thanks to fracking. Thanks to fracking. Invented, developed, created by the oil industry. The oil industry made us energy independent. Kudos, right? No, 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 no. We got to put them out of business. Got to sue them. We got to get all kinds of depositions and die. Well, why? Because of global warming. Or is that cooling? Or is that climate change? You see, they always change the 
the, the rules. They always change the standards. So we don't need CAFE standards now because OPEC is irrelevant because we're energy independent. Oh, no, 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 you don't understand, Mark. We need them now. Why? Because we have another existential threat. What would that be? Climate change. Man-made climate change. Holy mackerel. Straws, plastic straws, hamburgers, cars. That's so passe. Passe. Need a carbon tax, which will drive up. And it will cost about half a thousand dollars, 500 bucks on most families. Well, big deal. You know, it's for the cause. The left is very dangerous. They're throwbacks. They pray to these idols that they create. Why do you think we have open borders? Is it healthy for a country to have open borders in any way? Of course not. More and more you're reading about gang rapes and 11-year-olds and 12-year-olds and MS-13 and the kinds of murders that they commit. Well, Mark, are you saying all... Here's a kind of idiot argument. Are you saying all immigrants do this? Did I say all immigrants do this? Well, Americans do it too. Yeah, but they're Americans. Can't help that. You know, we have law enforcement and Second Amendment. But why would you let people into the country willy-nilly if you don't know who they are and what they're capable of? I do know this. The rapists who came here illegally wouldn't be raping in this country if they weren't here illegally. I know MS-13 is not homegrown. It's starting in El Salvador. It's still where that basic headquarters is. And it's like a poison in this country. I know our schools are overwhelmed with individuals who come from other countries. Our hospitals are. Law enforcement is. And you're told not to discuss this because the very people who condone this for political and power purposes, the left, the Democrat Party, the media, who don't live in these environments, will call you a racist if you dare to raise a question about it. These are very, very destructive people. The very people who use freedom of the press to have these platforms from which the broadcast and print and so forth are destructive of freedom of the press. In fact, they're destructive of America. Look at the New York Times. History began in 1619 with the first importation of slaves. No, that's not when history in America began, and certainly not when the United States began. And the vast majority of Americans never held slaves. And I'll tell you a little secret. Ready for this one? Native American tribes conquered Native American tribes in this country. There was pillaging and there was slavery. Same thing in Africa. Same thing in the Middle East. It's not just white, black. It's black, black. It's Latino, Latino. Look at the Vikings. It was white, white. It was the Egyptians enslaving the Jews. More when I return. The good, the true, the beautiful. Think about those concepts for a second. What do they mean? How can one begin to understand these high and noble ideals? It starts with the right kind of education. This kind of education used to be common, but it's become increasingly rare. It used to be that college students, young people, would study comprehensively a variety of subjects from philosophy to politics to biology, a core curriculum, in other words. Sadly, that's not the case these days. 
But I can tell you about one place where young people study like this, Hillsdale College. At Hillsdale, students work hard, spending more than half their time studying the core. The result? Hillsdale alumni are leaders with intelligence and character, ready to make a difference in their families, communities, and country. But it all starts with that core, the core that develops moral and intellectual virtue, the core that helps them understand the good, the true, and the beautiful. Find out more about what education is meant to be at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Mark Levin, the most passionate conservative on radio. Talk with him now at 877-381-3811. See, we conservatives... We believe in scientific and technological advances. There's some so-called populists on TV who attack progress and technology. Really, they're throwbacks. Now, we support scientific and technological advances, especially since the Industrial Revolution. They've hugely benefited mankind. Running water and indoor plumbing. Enable fresh water to be brought into the home and dirty water to be removed through a system of aqueducts and wells and dams and sewage treatment facilities. Irrigating and, yes, fertilizing land creates more stable and plentiful food supplies. Harnessing natural resources such as coal, oil, and gas makes delivery of power right into our homes and hospitals, schools and businesses, and fuel for automobiles, trucks, and airplanes. Networks of paved roads promote mobility and commerce and assimilation. And the invention of medical devices and discovery of chemical substances extend and improve the quality of life. You see, we believe that in the context of the civil society, progress and modernity are essential to man's well-being and fulfillment, despite their inevitable imperfections. We reject the pagan-like anti-human crusade of the radical progressive enviro-statists, which leads to callousness, conformity, and misery. We also understand that when the independence and liberty of the individual is subject to tyranny, posing as righteousness, control over plastic straws and hamburgers, what did I say the other day? Any government that can outlaw plastic straw can outlaw damn near anything. But this tyranny posing as righteousness is a threat to the acquisition and retention of private property. That's what it is. Dressed up as climate change and the environment. You know, we had a very important show on Life, Liberty, and Levin last night with Dr. Robert uh, Epstein. It's actually pronounced Epstein. He's a very good man. And while I was doing some research between my various media activities here, I was watching my friends on uh, on Fox. And a guy by the name of Stillwall? What is his name? The anal- the What's his name? Steyerwald. He mocked Mr. Epstein. It's clear he didn't read his reports. It's clear he didn't watch the show. And he says, you know, the populist right and the populist left are attacking these companies. No, the populist right and the populist left, maybe, but that had nothing to do with this man's report and nothing to do with my program. Nothing. 
And this is the problem in the media. The dismissal of serious people with serious ideas and concerns. The dismissal of physicists and climatologists and meteorologists from Princeton and Yale and Harvard and other places that they usually like who challenge the effects of so-called man-made climate change are absolutely censored. Like Mr. Epstein is absolutely censored from news, news platforms. Do I sound like somebody who believes in interfering with businesses all over the place? I don't think so. Even though some of the Republican Party and the so-called conservative movement do. I'm not one of them. But if there's influence taking place, and it's not transparent, and it has an effect on an election, the American people should be made aware of it. Whatever the consequences, let the chips fall where they may. It doesn't necessarily mean you want government interference. I don't know, does this gentleman support the antitrust division, or should we get rid of that? It's been around, what, 120 years? I don't know, what's his view? But what troubled me was the complete lack of of curiosity. And we're getting a lot of this from the media. A lot of it. And that's part of the problem. You're going to take a indirect shot at me and the program and this gentleman unencumbered with knowledge, then I respond. But he's not the only one. CNN, MSNBC, CBS, ABC, NBC, New York Times, Washington Post, they either ignore the issue completely or attack the guy because Hillary Clinton attacks the guy. And he's a liberal Democrat who says, look, I know I'm a liberal Democrat. I know I supported Hillary. But look, now I found out this stuff and I want the whole world to know about it. Because he's an American. And he's shocked at the reaction that he's getting. Because he doesn't understand the left and the media in this country. Now he does. As a result of uh, personal experience. Cafe standards. Nobody dare raise the cafe standards. It's killing more people. Than any semi-automatic. Than the banning of any semi-automatic weapon. If you ban cafe standards, you'll save far more Americans. From death and mayhem. But it's not even on the table. If you dare to raise it, you must be a kook. They laugh. And yet it's deadly serious. You know, what really troubles me is when you have liberty on your side. When you have the greatest economic system on your side. When you have the greatest constitution on your side. And you can't make the case to the American people. Something is terribly wrong. Something's terribly wrong with the people. Publicans in the House and the Senate. Something is terribly wrong with the conservative movement in many respects. Terribly wrong. Conversely, when you have a so-called free press that is an indoctrination machine, a propaganda machine. It not only does a disservice, it undermines the very principle it claims to represent. Freedom. Freedom of the press. We don't have freedom of the press. 
I'm not talking about government intervention. Government's not intervening. Trump's not the threat. Trump's pointing out the problem. When you have the New York Times that is still in business, even after it covered up the slaughter of the Ukrainians by Stalin, even after it covered up the slaughter of the European Jews by Hitler, even after its recent spat of anti-Semitism, even after its false, over two-year reporting on the phony Russia collusion scandal. And now we know from a meeting among staffers and the head editor that wasn't supposed to get out that they're focus is to paint Trump as a racist and their focus is to teach elementary school students that America America was founded on slavery undermining the foundations the principles, the purpose of this magnificent country you know we don't have a free press we have radical left wing ideologues that's what they are. When you look at the gaggle, the cabal of, of Democrats who are running to be the presidential nominee and president of this country, and the lies they tell about what they're going to do and the consequences of what they're going to do, and their failure of the media to hold their feet to the fire, the failure in these debates to have serious, serious moderators who will press them and press them hard, because the Democrat Party base is CNN's base. The Democrat Party's base is MSNBC's base. The Democrat Party's base is the base of the New York Times and the Washington Post and the vast majority of the rest of the media, and they don't want to turn them off. They need the hits, they need the subscriptions, they need the eyes, they need it all. Then the whole thing is corrupt. It's corrupt. And that's what's taking place. You will not hear a moderator say at the Democrat debate on Thursday, cafe standards kill more people, maim more people than guns. You will not hear that. And even if they don't believe that, how about cafe standards kill lots of people and maim lots of people? Can you even ask that, mention that? They're not going to do it. No, 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 no. We've reached a point where we're going to ban straws and hamburgers. And we've reached a point where Chuck Todd announced a man of low IQ, no experience, and no knowledge. A man of Washington, D.C. That he will not allow anyone who denies the quote-unquote impact of man-made climate change on his program. They're more like Russia than they want to admit. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale College has provided students with sound learning of the kind essential to preserving our civil and religious liberty. Now, I want to tell you about Imprimus, the free monthly speech digest of Hillsdale College. Imprimus is dedicated to educating citizens 
and promoting civil and religious liberty by covering important cultural, economic, political, and educational issues. First published in 1972, Imprimus is one of America's most widely read publications in support of liberty, with more subscribers, 3.9 million, than the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. And recent Imprimus publications have addressed issues like free speech, the regulation of big tech, mental illness, and the American medical insurance system. And because America's founding principles are so important, Hillsdale offers Imprimus absolutely free of charge to anyone who requests it. That's right. You can subscribe to Imprimus for free. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to visit imprimus.hillsdale.edu for your free subscription. That's Imprimus, I-M-P-R-I-M-I-S dot Hillsdale dot E-D-U. Welcome to Hillsdale. Commenting on Weld Walton Sanford later in the program. I know Weld had personal experience with him at the Department of Justice. Know him very well. And he's a reprobate. Walsh, to me, is a real head case. And Sanford is a real sleazeball. Trump is over 90% support in the Republican Party. So these guys are all trying to remake their careers and rebuild their characters. And they will fail. But the media will use each and every one of them as they did Avenatti. As they are this Moocher, whatever the hell his name is. What's his name? Mooch. What's his name? Scaramucci. Another uh, bizarro, in my opinion. How do you write a book praising Trump and then all of a sudden it's, you know, with him it's, uh, it's an ego thing. He didn't like Trump criticizing him. Pretty much. But what I am going to discuss at some length next hour is impeachment. It's back. Because the Democrats are back, specifically Nadler. Now let me tell you what this is really about. Gerald Nadler. Jerry! Jerry is facing a threat in a Democrat primary from the left. An AOC knockoff. So now the whole country is going to be dragged through this because Jerry Nadler's kook base and his kook district and Jerry Nadler wants to hold on to power after 20 years of being a Nimrod. And I say Nimrod, I think I did. So we'll dig into that. What else is it about? We have apparently a, a damning Inspector General report that's going to be released in the next few weeks. Well, no way better than to distract and to give the media something else to discuss than have a phony investigation. What else is going on? U.S. Attorney John Durham of Connecticut is apparently, I don't know this firsthand, just from what I'm reading, making a lot of progress in his criminal investigation. Of the other half, the real half, the real dirt, the real lawlessness that took place when it came to the spies assigned to the Trump campaign, when it came to the FISA warrants, and how those were uh, fraudulent. And I hope you were able to watch Attorneys General Ed Meese and Mike McKay on my Saturday program on Fox. 
Both of them were superb. Both of them laid out the law. Both of them said this impeachment stuff is ridiculous. Both of them condemned Comey and what took place against Trump. These are former attorneys general, which is a reason why the media in this country, the media throughout, ignore them. If I had a lawyer for a porn star who said something, he'd be on TV 150,000 times. Or if I had a lawyer who was disbarred during Watergate by the name of John Dean, he'd be on TV 150,000 times. Two former attorneys general, one under Ronald Reagan, one under George W. Bush, the latter having been a former federal judge, the former having been a prosecutor as well. No, 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 we don't want to hear about that. Nor do they ask them for testimony. Isn't that interesting? And then finally, but I'm going to get into this far more deeply next hour. This isn't how you pursue impeachment. The House Judiciary Committee plans to hold a vote on Thursday on new investigatory tactics. Is that the way the Constitution reads that the House Judiciary Committee impeaches a president? The House Judiciary Committee isn't even in the Constitution. The entire House of Representatives, which represents the people of the United States, we the people, and the past pattern proves it, is supposed to vote to open an inquiry. But they won't do it. Why? Because a hundred of the Democrats don't want them to do it. And a third of them are worried about losing their seats in Republican or Purple districts if they vote for it. This is a corrupt, deceitful, fraudulent process from the second it's been launched. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. You know, I've got piles of stuff that I want to discuss with you. But I do have to say, we are prepared now that when the president begins his rally and begins speaking, we're going to be breaking in from time to time because they're just so great. They're hilarious and substantive. By the way, one of the other things I noticed that was happening on Sunday and Friday is this discussion among some of the media. The Republicans don't stand for balancing the budget anymore or fiscal responsibility anymore, and they're quite hypocritical about this. Did you hear that, Mr. Producer? Pushed out there by Mediaite and the other left-wing kook websites. So they're playing gotcha. I wrote an entire book on this called Plunder and Deceit about the deficit, about the debt, about student loan debt, government debt, pension debt, just on and on and on. And it is a very, very bleak story. And we talked about this behind this microphone and on TV for half a year. Not one of these news people who did their little hit and run contacted us to talk about it. Not one. Not one of these news people who raised it over the weekend to score political points, because that's what the media is about. See, gotcha, gotcha, see that? You're a hypocrite. Not to 
inform the American people on a sustained basis. And they're not going to stick with this. Not one of them has done a serious series of stories on it because it's a very, very complicated mess. And not one of them applied what they were saying to what the Democrats have been proposing. Not one of them talked about how to reform Social Security. Not one of them talked about how to reform Medicare. Nothing. We don't get knowledge. We don't get substance. We don't get information. We get gotcha. And all these news people get my books because for some reason my publisher feels it's necessary to send it to all these news people. So these people over the weekend and on Friday who were saying, you know, Frank, I won't use their real names because they have very thin skin. You know, Frank, uh, you Republicans, you know, you used to stand for or didn't they used to stand for fiscal responsibility and limited spending and blah, blah, but they don't anymore. They don't even stand for that. You see, that is a left wing news person. Why? Because they're not going to bring it up again. They're going to do it to do a little hit and run and move on. And then when the government shuts down, do you ever hear them say, well, look, I mean, spending is out of control. And so you do have some Republicans who are trying to get it under control. No. No. For those days where Ted Cruz was standing on the Senate floor, he doesn't do it anymore. But when you're standing on the Senate floor, standing for, uh, you know, a Fiscal responsibility against Obamacare and so forth. He was mocked. Well, you know, you're not really getting anywhere with this stuff. And he was mocked by some of the same so-called journalists who are playing gotcha right now. And really have no stomach for fiscal conservatism or fiscal conservatives. That's why I'm sick of them. All of them. All right, Susan... Fariccio is actually a good reporter over there at the Washington Examiner. The House Judiciary Committee, which is loaded with left-wing kooks, plans to hold a vote on Thursday on new investigatory tactics aimed at helping the panel determine whether or not to impeach President Trump. Now, the panel doesn't impeach President Trump. The House impeaches him, and the House should be taking a vote and giving specific orders to the House Judiciary Committee. But notice that's not what's happening. This is all politics all the time. Not a single Sunday show pointed this out. Not one. Panel official has announced the new procedures would apply to future hearings on whether to recommend articles of impeachment against the president, even though it's not officially conducting an impeachment inquiry. Now, is that in the Constitution? To hold a mock impeachment inquiry? Hope you can get enough information that the press will lead the way and push the agenda. We can turn the tide on impeachment. Is that what this is all about? These are rogue committees, rogue chairman, a rogue Democrat party. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi does not support a House vote to launch a formal impeachment inquiry. But Judiciary Committee Chairman Gerald Nadler of New York, with the California Democrats backing, is investigating Trump under what he's calling impeachment proceedings. So they have completely distorted the process. They're undermining, they're eviscerating the process that they claim to be defending. Doug Collins, the ranking Republican, said Judiciary Democrats are trying to pull a fast one on Americans because they know they lack enough votes to pass a, a formal impeachment inquiry. They do, and they don't want to put these other Democrats on the record. 
They know they don't have the votes for the whole House to impeach, so they're trying to adopt committee rules to govern impeachment investigation the House hasn't even authorized. Shocking. Shocking. House Judiciary Committee is going to vote Thursday to adopt procedures that destroy the impeachment process while they claim they're upholding the Constitution. Now, the Democrats are ramping up probes of Trump, his administration, his family, his personal businesses, his 2016 presidential campaign. I want to warn these Democrats. You have opened Pandora's box. Because the next time a Democrat is elected president of the United States, you have created a precedent. Just like Harry Reid did when he came to federal judges and filibusters. You have now created an impeachment precedent in search of issues, pushing propaganda, undermining a president, burdening a president, going after his family, going after his associations. I never want to hear again about McCarthyism. He actually found communists, by the way. In many respects, the guy gets really a bad rap. Did he say that? Yes, I did. And see, the president has taken the podium, Mr. Producer. Let's tap in and see what's going on. We'll continue this during the course of the program. Go ahead. Presidents of North Carolina. We were hit so hard. Who would believe it? We pledge the full support of the federal government through every step of the rebuilding process. And I will say, North Carolina in our country probably got hit the hardest. That was a little bit of a surprise. But I know one thing about North Carolina, you can take it. How can it be a surprise? They can predict 100 years from now what the climate's going to be. Go ahead. And it'll be better than ever, right? No doubt about it. I also want to give a special recognition to the many non-governmental organizations doing so much to help people recover from Dorian. In particular, Franklin Graham. He's a wonderful guy. And he's got an organization, Samaritan's Purse, based right here in North Carolina. And the work that Franklin and his family... And that's the group I probably should have endorsed. those that are with Franklin Graham, we want to thank them. Because he is great. Great people. Great people. Thank you, Franklin. Thank you. Incredible job. He does such a great job all over. Wherever there's a problem, you see Samaritan's person, Franklin and his people. We love the people of this state, and we will never, ever leave your side. North Carolina will truly recover so fast. I know you people so well. Let's not even talk about it. Let's not even talk about it. We're here tonight to discuss the extraordinary progress we're making as a nation and how to ensure this amazing resurgence keeps on going and going strong. In just over two years, we've taken this big, beautiful ship and it's being turned around very quickly. Nobody thought this would happen. You know, we won the greatest election Certainly one of them, but maybe the greatest. But we won one of the greatest. Let's say one. This way I won't be criticized. They'll say, you know, George Washington had a great election, too. The fake news, right? The fake news. 
But we won one of the greatest elections in history. And because of that, and you would be in big trouble if we didn't, I can tell you that. You'd be, instead of going up, we were heading in the wrong direction. We have the number one economy anywhere in the world. And every time I meet a foreign leader, almost every time, they say, congratulations on what you've done with the economy. I said, I didn't do it. I just set a certain path. The people of the United States did it. Number one anywhere in the world. And they tried to do the recession thing. You know, they tried the Russia thing. That didn't work. They tried many other things. I always say the media and their partner, the Democrats. I wouldn't mind fighting the Democrats, but we really have to look at it as a twosome. It's the media and the Democrats. It's one and the same. And the media hate when he says it, and I've been saying it for months, and it's true. America is winning again, and America is respected again. They respect America. like 10 women in the front row and you come from North Carolina and they travel all over the place. Hold up your hands. These are great women. I see them so much. And I must say, they have other things to do. They look rich as hell to me. I don't know. How many is this? How many rallies have you come to? They can't count. They said all of them except for two. That's a lot of rallies. And it all emanates from this area. That's so great. Well, at least you won't have to travel so far for this one, right? Thank you very much for being here. We really appreciate it. Well, we appreciate it. We appreciate it. Thank you. Really incredible people. But you know, we've created six million new jobs since Election Day. And I couldn't say that in my initial rallies because nobody would have believed it. Six million new jobs. More Americans are working today than ever before in the history of our country. Almost 160 million Americans. Nobody would have thought that was possible. We wouldn't have been able to say it, actually. We've now had 13 straight months of wage gains of at least 3%, so that people that work so hard, you remember I used to say during the rallies, before we won, people worked two jobs, three jobs, and they made less money than they made 21 years before. And now wages are going up, the economy is doing great, and jobs have never been better. True, isn't it? Importantly, more than 7 million Americans have been lifted off of food stamps. Nearly 600,000 Democrats are angry about that. Entered the labor force last month alone. Think of that. And the unemployment rate for African Americans just reached another brand new yesterday all-time 
low in the history of our country. Must be a racist. How do you lose that debate? Exactly. Remember, I used to say, what do you have to lose? Well, now you have the best unemployment numbers, employment and unemployment numbers that you've ever had as African-Americans, as Asian-Americans, as Hispanic-Americans. The best numbers we've ever had. And by the way, African-American youth unemployment has also reached the lowest level ever recorded in history. I mean, this is truly incredible. It really is. And he gets no credit. Didn't happen under Obama. participation rate for women is at the highest level now in 15 years. Hear that, suburban ladies? Will be 35 years, and soon, I promise, will probably end up being better than ever. I can tell you the unemployment numbers for women are the best they've been now in 72 years. Well, we can't have that, right? So I always say kiddingly, I'm sorry I didn't make it historic, but you know what? It's going to be historic very soon. It's going to be historic very soon. And here in North Carolina, over 230,000 more people now have jobs, and small business formation has skyrocketed. So we're going to take a very short break and get back to the President of the United States in my commentary, as well as our other issues. So don't change that dial. Or whatever you're listening to. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. You wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day. Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit. But most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now, you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouse, L-E-V-I-N.com, offer code LEVIN. By the way, Congress has been out of session for several weeks. Don't you feel freer when they're not around and more threatened when they come back? Back to President Trump. Go. Why would you do it? What is it? Explain it. Just recently, Mecklenburg County set free an illegal alien charged with first-degree rape and crimes against a child. Support for sanctuary cities 
is disloyalty to American citizens. Amen. And McCready wants sanctuary cities with all of their protections for people that are serious criminals. And that's the official position of the Democrat Party. to send a clear message to the America-hating left, and it's got to be. And by the way, we're building that wall, and it's going up very big. And he is, and they hate him for it. We're going to have Mark Morgan on at 8.30, Customs and Border Patrol Commissioner. He's going to tell us all about it. It's easy to get money when you have the entire Democrat Party. Yeah. And they control the House, and we want to change that. We want to flip the House. We'll get so much. It'll be amazing what we can do for our country. We don't want dangerous criminal aliens roaming free in North Carolina. We want to take care of it. This state should be a sanctuary for law-abiding Americans, not for criminal aliens. Our great Republican candidate, Dan Bishop, will fight with everything he has to stop sanctuary cities and defend the people of this great state. Dan, come on up. Dan Bishop, everyone, get out and vote. If you're listening to this program and you live in that congressional district, you need to get out tomorrow. I believe it's tomorrow, isn't it, Mr. Producer? You need to get out tomorrow and vote. You need to take a stand, and the nation will be watching. Take a break, and we'll be right back. With a daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones, and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet, which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, that's BrickHouseLevin.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. The Great One. The Great One, Mark Levin. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. Somebody collapsed at the rally, and they're getting the person a doctor. And I have to say that the people here, they're they're wonderful. People are uh, trying to make the individual, I didn't see it, but I can see the reaction, trying to cool them down by waving their... uh, magazines and posters and so forth as a doctor makes his way through. You know, Nancy Pelosi and the House Democrats are set to release the health care plan they've been secretly working on all summer. 
They got all kinds of secret plans, don't they? It'll include government arbitration. I told you about this back in April, and you're going to keep hearing about it. Isn't arbitration great? Well, who do you think the arbitrators are? It's simply the Democrats' plan to get to socialist price controls. You're the arbitrators. Competition, that determines price. Unelected bureaucrats will make life and death threatening decisions about whether Medicare will pay for the drugs doctors prescribe for seniors. Who are these bureaucrats? They're the same ones that work at the EPA. They're the same ones who interfere and control and bully. Remember IPAB, a.k.a. the Medicare Rationing Board Obamacare called for? Well, this is its poor cousin. Now, bureaucrats arbitrarily decide a drug's cost is too much. They can deny access or impose a tax on the drug, and that's the plan. They didn't just make these ideas up. They steal the worst ideas from these socialist countries. Some of the left are even pushing for the elimination of drug patents altogether. So who's going to invest billions of dollars in looking for new drugs if you can't get patents on them? So let me get this straight. Democrats want to cut costs by denying seniors access to drugs or imposing new tax on the drugs. And they'll appoint unelected socialist hacks to make those decisions so liberals in Congress can't be blamed for it. Or they'll simply steal America's innovators' intellectual property, which means there won't be any more advances and inventions. This makes about as much sense as their Medicare for All scheme, which destroys Medicare, private health care, employer health care, union health care. House Republicans better stand opposed to this socialist nonsense before it's too late. Get the facts. Go to TrueHealthCareFacts.com, TrueHealthCareFacts.com. That's TrueHealthCareFacts.com. Let's tap back into the rally. Go ahead. Oh, it's Bishop. Go ahead. going to send a congressman with backbone who can stand up to the smears and the lies of the lying fake news Here's what's going on. This guy, Bishop, is running in the 9th District in North Carolina. If he wins, they'll say, big deal, he should have won. If he loses, they're going to say, this is a tremor, Trump's in trouble. So go out and vote. Let's listen in. And what I need you to do, ladies and gentlemen, tomorrow, I need you to vote. I need you to vote. But that's not all. I need you to vote. But beyond that, take a lesson from President Donald J. Trump. Don't rely on them to get our message out. Take out your phone. Go to votedanbishop.com. I'm going to repeat that. Go to votedanbishop.com. I will return to this, but I want to get into a few other things. I want to focus on this impeachment issue. There's nobody better to fight this and to get our arguments across, I'm not bragging, it's a fact, than me. And I'm going to do it behind this microphone, and I'm going to do it on Fox. And I expect to do it on Levin TV as well. We'll see. I'm just saying that I've got to make the case, just as we did against Mueller, just as we did against the special counsel, just as... Throughout the last two and a half years, we laid the foundation. I understand the backbenchers will 
plagiarize and say, it's okay. The more the merrier. Listen, we can't leave the president on the field by himself to these reprobates. The Constitution belongs to you and me. If you don't believe it, go to the National Archives. Look at it. Look at it. That's yours. That's ours. It's not Jerry Nadler's. It's not Nancy Pelosi's. It's not the media's. It's ours. This election of Donald Trump was won fair and square. So what do they do? They attack him. They attack the process. They attack the Electoral College. These are diabolical people. That's right, I said it. They're diabolical people. They don't believe in liberty and they don't believe in the Constitution. Back to the president. So we've had great support over the last six months in particular from a man who happens to be your senator right now. And we need him to keep going because he has been fantastic. And I believe he's here tonight. I just came in. The weather wasn't so great to be traveling today. They said, maybe we could skip North Carolina today, sir. I said, no, thank you. I said, no, thank you. Can you imagine? And by the way, I have to say, we have a big crowd in here, right? You have to see outside. Thousands and thousands of people who couldn't get in. And when people wait two or three days to come in, and especially these first rows, I just want to tell you, we really thank you. Incredible. But Tom Tillis has really worked with us over the last period of time. He's recently introduced a bill to give American victims the right to sue sanctuary cities. That's a big deal. And hold them accountable for the lives that they've shattered. But to pass the bill, we need more Republicans tomorrow. There is another crucial special election, and we have a fantastic guy running in that one, too, Republican Greg Murphy. He looks like he's in good shape, but you've got to get out. So I want to introduce Tom Tillis, and I want to introduce Greg Murphy, and I want to thank you both. Thank you. All right. I don't need to hear Tillis and Murphy. Tillis isn't that great, but I do understand he's running again. He will be running against a leftist. And at this point, we have to take these guys on, these leftists. And so this judiciary panel, as Susan Ferriccio was writing, they're changing the process by which you pursue even the early stages of an investigation on impeachment. I want you to understand that. So they're breaking hundreds of years of a process that is employed by the House of Representatives. Because here's the thing. Impeachment is supposed to be a process that involves the entire body politic. You're talking about removing a duly elected president of the United States. This isn't some minor thing. This isn't left to some jerk from Manhattan and other left-wing kooks from around the country who populate the Democrat side of the House Judiciary Committee. So here, you don't even have the House of Representatives voting on it. Now, you're not going to hear this from Brian Stout there, Helter Stout there, or Donnie Lemon. Donnie, you better keep your hands to yourself in these bars, by the way, pal. Or Fredo, 
Cuomo, her fake tap out, or Wolf, what time is it, Blitzer, or any of the rest of them. You're not going to hear any of them go on about the process. You're not going to hear any of them complain about how they're going after the president's family and his businesses. You know, I've said this before. I want to underscore this point. Donald Trump comes into office, a multi-billionaire, a successful private citizen who's created tens of thousands of jobs, including for minorities. By building things people want, he changed the skyline in New York all for the better. He's very proud of it. His family's very proud of it. He's played by the rules. All these billions, investing billions, spending billions, all these workers... There's no serious allegations of anything. Of anything. And you know if the IRS could or criminal prosecutors could after all these investigating, they would. Barack Obama comes in office with nothing. Two phony books that he didn't write, which sell a lot because Democrats like to make their people rich. Not the rest of us, just their people. That's it. Now, he and his wife are worth like $150 million. Having left office, Al Gore. Al Gore couldn't pass a Rorschach test. And there you're just giving your opinion on what you're looking at. He's worth a couple hundred million dollars. Came in office, he had nothing. The Clintons. Bill Clinton deducting used underwear. How sick is that? Whitewater, all the other schemes, right? They have accumulated a quarter of a billion dollars since they left office. No investigations of them, no congressional hearings of them, nothing, nothing. Obviously, Trump's not making money while he's in office. If he didn't run for office, he'd be worth a hell of a lot more. Billion, half a billion, billion and a half. And yet, look how they turn the the argument around. Liberals in Wonderland. The man who comes in office with billions, he's the crook. The politicians who left office with nothing and are now worth hundreds of millions of dollars, while they're cool, they're good. They're good progressives. No investigation. Trump is the victim of the Obama administration and the Hillary Clinton campaign's attempt to spy on his campaign, to stop him from getting elected, to ruin his his presidency. They talk about Russia collusion. The president at the time was Barack Obama. The vice president at the time was Joe Biden. Not one question to Joe Biden during the Democrat debates. Where were you, Joe, when the Russians were interfering with our election? What did you do? What did you know, Joe? Nothing. Obama doesn't have to answer a single question. They want to get to the bottom of the Russian interference in our election. And they're attacking the victim. Not the perpetrators. We are going to stand up to this tyranny. What I have called a soft coup, a silent coup from day one. And the backbenchers, of course, hey, what did he say? I'll pretend I invented that. A silent coup. When we return more of the president, we'll be right back. Mark Lovin.
If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add, but this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve, and subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. In a world that's lost its way, lost respect for logic, law, and the American history, who's defending you in Washington, D.C.? Who speaks for conservatives? AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, that's who. AMAC gives its members valuable everyday benefits and discounts. I mean, they are terrific. While boldly defending America's priceless constitution, sacred history, individual liberties, and basic moral compass. You can see it's not the AARP, thank goodness. AMAC fights for border and national security, freedom of speech and religion, and values articulated by President Reagan and President Trump, like a strong defense, limited government, lower taxes. Hard to believe we're here, but here we are. And AMAC is dedicated to remembering past sacrifices and preserving America's core values for the future. They oppose the rise of socialism and the Medicare for All push. If you're not an AMAC member, you really should be. The next election will decide our nation's future. We will either be true to America's noble past and principles, or drift deeper under the sea of moral relativism. They have terrific discounts and benefits, as I said, and they are promoting Americanism on Capitol Hill. You should be a member. I'm a member. Step up. Sign up right now. Go to amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Here's the president. Go. Nobody would ever do that. I can tell you that right now. And our farmers know we have to fight. I see it all the time where some of the networks that are crazy. They have a group of farmers. In some cases, they have groups of women. They say, what do you think of President Trump? We like him a lot. We're with him all the way. And they want to turn off the cameras. They go crazy. But with the farmers, you know that. You ever see that, the 10 women? What do you think of President Trump? We love him. Where would I like to put you on television? I'll tell you right now. And they can't turn off those cameras fast enough. But they say to the farmers, You voted for President Trump. Are you happy? And every one of them said he did things that nobody has ever done before. Who would think of getting 12 billion plus 16 billion, 28 billion dollars because they've been targeted? That's the amount. I asked Sonny, I said, Sonny, what's the amount they took out of our farmers? It was 16 billion in the year before 12. And I said, 
Sonny, we got to make that up. And we made it up. Who would do that? Nobody would do that. First of all, nobody else ever had tens of billions of dollars pouring in from China because it's always been the other way around. China has taken advantage of our country for decades. Decades. And I guarantee you one thing, none of these Democrats, whether it's Pocahontas or Sleepy Joe, none of them would be able to do a thing about it. And nobody would ever think of helping the farmers who have been targeted by China. China made $500 billion over the last number of years on a yearly basis. They steal our intellectual property, so many other things. So now it's just different. And now it's working the other way. And tariffs are a beautiful thing when you know how to use them. They're a beautiful thing. And I want China to do well. And I hope they do well. But they've had now the worst year in 57 years. I wonder why. I wonder why. And hopefully it'll all work out. We'll see. We're going to be talking next week. We're talking now. They're going to be coming to the United States in two or three weeks. And we'll see what happens. But unless we're going to make a good deal or a fair deal for our country, let's face it, we cannot go back to a situation where giving hundreds of billions of dollars to China becomes standard fare. Not going to happen. We can't do it. And we have many other countries also. But we'll worry about them a little bit later. Plenty of others. Plenty of others. They've taken advantage of our country like you wouldn't believe. And I've been saying this for many years. I was saying this when I was a private citizen. They take our jobs. They make our product. They sell the product into our country with no tax, no nothing. So we end up with closed factories, no jobs, no taxes, no nothing. And these other countries Again, as an example, Mexico, I must say, they've really helped us at the border. The Democrats will not do anything about these horrible open loopholes, which would be so good. So we're doing it a different way. And Mexico is now patrolling with 27,000 troops. They've never had two troops to it, our border. And you saw the numbers today were down approximately 57 but our country could fix it so easy if the Democrats would sit with me for 15 minutes. But they don't want to do that because they want to have. We'll be back with the president with several other issues. We're going to have Mark Morgan, who's going to tell us about the border. And I want to say this quickly in Hong Kong, did you notice what happened over the weekend? Those freedom fighters, they were singing the American national anthem and carrying the American flag. We really need to help those people. We'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Number 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. A couple more issues that are very important, then we'll get back to the president. 
Remember Rashida Talib, bigot anti-Semite. Adam Crato writing at the Free Beacon. She re- recently met with a controversial pro-Palestinian group that has encouraged violence against Israel, justified the use of terrorism against the Jewish state, and has called for the kidnapping of Israeli soldiers, according to online postings on social media. Do you know how much attention this gets? None. None. This is a member of Congress. As I understand it, one of the first two Muslim women ever elected to the House of Representatives. And they're going after the President of the United States. What's Nadler doing about this? Nothing. What's Pelosi doing about this? Nothing. Talib, who's been under fire for her hatred of Israel and support for the anti-Semitic boycott, divestment and sanctions, and more than that, has embraced Hezbollah in some ways, was pictured meeting with members of the Palestine Youth Movement during the Arab Texas Festival held recently in Dallas. The PYM organization is known for its vitriolic rhetoric against Israelis and Jews, and it's been caught in the past glorifying leaders of anti-Semitic terrorist groups. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. This is another failure of our immigration system. More and more people are coming into this country legally and illegally from parts of the world where their cultures breed anti-Semitism. That's right, I said it, because it's true. And she's a perfect example. Talib's interaction with the group is unlikely to come as a surprise to the pro-Israel community, but it further evidence of her willingness as a member of Congress to associate with some of the most radical and fringe anti-Israel groups. Not just anti-Israel, anti-Semitic. And it goes on. You know, Mark, we need a two-state solution. One for the Palestinians and one for the Jews. Really? Really? The Palestinian Authority has just raised the salary of the terrorist who prepared the suicide belt for the bombing attack in Jerusalem's Cafe Hillel on September 9, 2003. Palestinian Media Watch reported the attack, which took place 16 years ago, resulted in the murder of seven people and the injury of 57. It occurred hours after suicide bombing attack at a bus stop, in which nine people were killed and 18 were wounded. Since the attack, the Palestinian Authority has paid an enormous amount of money and financial rewards to the Hamas terrorists who carried them out. And now he gets a raise. We need a two-state solution, Mark. Shove it. Bucknell University to host Antifa leader who promotes political violence in the Federalist, Alexander Riley. On the American college campus, the constant advance of extremist ideas goes on. Sometimes those ideas are put in direct action in the form of violence, such as when radicals attack speakers and physically prevent audiences from gathering to hear them. You see, this is the free press. This is the free press. This is the way the press used to work. The Federalist. The Free Beacon. And other sources. Dismissed as right wing. This is real news. This is real information. But the more insidious aspect of the advance takes the form of invitations to propagandists in the garb of scholars who defend and encourage violence while attempting to mask their deeply totalitarian motivations in a superficial and mendacious veneer 
of moral self-righteousness and academic respectability. It's incredible. And it's all happening on the left. All happening on the left. And a big story. There's another story I want to get to. I hope I have time. But here's a very, very big story. And you probably haven't heard of this. Netanyahu exposes previously unknown nuclear weapons site in Iran. Prime Minister Netanyahu revealed that what he said was a newly discovered Iranian nuclear weapons development site at Abadeh. This is in the Jerusalem Post, not in the Washington Compost. Or if it is, it's in the back pages, you know, like the Holocaust. South of Isfahan, during a hastily called press conference Monday afternoon, the Prime Minister showed satellite photos of the site taken in June. And then, after the Iranians discovered the site had been uncovered, Photos from July showing their attempts to cover up and destroy the site. They destroyed the evidence, or at least tried to destroy the evidence, he said. Israel knows what you're doing. Israel knows when you're doing it. Israel knows where you're doing it, he said. We will continue to expose your lies. What you see is a consistent pattern of Iranian lies, deception, and violations, he said. You know... It's like in our own country. There's enough stupid people in Israel, as there are enough stupid people in America. And I say with all due respect, not. Who would vote out of office. <laughs> a Churchillian figure. Who's kept their country safe. It's incredible as I sit here and think about it. Just incredible. You know, ladies and gentlemen, if we're not vigilant here, and if the Israelis aren't vigilant there, we can wind up in a world... Where Netanyahu loses in a week or two, and Trump loses in 14 months. Tell me, what would the world look like then? With Iran on the move. With the Palestinian terrorists on the move. With Russia on the move. With China on the move. It would be a scary world. The issue is, what's going to happen? Will that happen? But what Netanyahu's pointing out here, even before the deal was, uh, was trashed, the Iranians were cheating. That's what they were doing. They lie, because they believe Allah, that is the Iranians, that is the regime in Tehran, that, that is the Islamo-Nazi regime in, in Tehran, they believe that Allah is directing them on what to do. And so anything goes. The end justifies the means, just like the communists. All right, back to the president. Including two great new Supreme Court justices, Justice Neil Gorsuch and Justice Brett Kavanaugh, who they put through hell. We passed something that they've wanted to do for half a century. We passed VA choice. So when you're great, when you're great and honored veterans are waiting in line for three weeks, four weeks, five days, 10 days, two months, they go to a private doctor, we pay for the bill and they get themselves taken care of instead of dying, which was happening. And we also, 
passed VA accountability on behalf of our great veterans. That means when they treat our veterans badly, and they wouldn't have done it in prime time, I can tell you, but when they treat our sick and troubled veterans badly, we can say, you're fired. Get the hell. It's called VA accountability. That's another one they've been trying. And in all fairness, the unions made it very tough. Civil service made it, like, almost impossible. Everyone said, you'll never get it done. We got it done. I want to thank the Republican Senate. I want to thank some incredible people in the House of Representatives. And, Kevin, I want to thank you, because that was a great job you did on that one. That was a great job. Thank you. Kevin McCarthy. We've achieved record funding for the U.S. military, $700 billion last year, $716 billion this year, $738 billion. And, you know, I'm a big believer in budgets. But we had no choice. We had to rebuild our military with all that's going on today, with China, with Russia, with radical Islam, with everything that's happening. We had to do something. And, you know, budgets are fine. I love budgets, and we'll get to that. Don't worry about it. But we had to rebuild. Our military was totally depleted. It was totally depleted. And now we have beautiful new F-35s, F-18s. New ships, new missiles, new rockets. We have new everything. I came back with Admiral Brown, the United States Coast Guard, and some of the other folks, and they were saying that the new Coast Guard cutters, how good a job has the Coast Guard done during these hurricanes? And I said, Admiral, how good are the new Coast Guard cutters? He said, they're the finest in the world, sir. We have the finest. And they had old, broken equipment that they had to keep going on a shoestring. They have brand-new Coast Guard cutters. We had to do it. We had to do it. There's always time for the other, but we had to do it. We've rebuilt our military. We've taken care of the great people that work in our military. We gave them a raise, a beautiful raise. They were so entitled to it. And I also got other NATO members to pay an additional $100 billion over the last year and a half that they weren't paying. They were delinquent. We're supposed to protect them, and they don't pay. I say, you can't do that. You can't do that. You got to pay. NATO. Now we're finally making immensely wealthy countries pay the cost of their defense. We're negotiating with a lot of them. Think of it. We have these immensely wealthy countries, and they're paying for a fraction of our cost to defend them. How did that happen? And you know what the biggest excuse is? When I go to them and I'll say, King, you got to pay, or Mr. Prime Minister, you got to pay, or Mr. President, you got to pay. You know, it's costing us billions of dollars to protect these wealthy. You know what their biggest thing is, because I can't understand how we did this for so many years. Decades. Decades. You have been defending all of some — I won't mention names because I don't want to embarrass anybody. I don't want to. Forget it. 
Some of the wealthiest countries in the world. And when I say king, president, prime minister, queen, no matter what I say, you know what they queen. say? But nobody's ever asked us to do that before. That's the only excuse. Because I say to them, why would we do this? Why are we defending you? You're immensely wealthy. You compete with us on trade. We have lousy trade deals that we're renegotiating, many of them, and ultimately all of them. Why are we protecting you, I know it's you, tough, Mr. folks. President? We got to take a little break, but we shall return. Go ahead. Lovin. You know, the uh, Mr. Producer, Mr. Call Screener worked very, very hard during the day finding audio clips, or I work very hard during the day doing my research. We've got a lot here. We'll save some of it for tomorrow and watch what goes on tonight and tomorrow and bring you a fresh program like we do every day. Uh, but I think, uh, and there's one issue here in particular I want to get to, but we only have 35 minutes. I have a wonderful guest coming up, Mark Morgan, the Custom and Border Patrol Commissioner, who had asked to come on the program. I'm glad he is. And, uh, and President Trump. Go. Any president or any administration that has done more in two and a half years than we have as a group, than we have. I don't believe so. When you add it all up, nobody's done what we have. Our first task is a giant victory tomorrow, right here in the great state of North Carolina, with your support. Tomorrow, we take the first steps to firing Speaker Pelosi and winning back the House in 2020. We need everybody to get your friends, get your family, get your neighbors, and get out and vote for Dan Bishop, and get out and vote for Greg Murphy. You got to get out tomorrow and vote. Together, we will lift millions more from our Horrible, horrible situations that have developed over the years. Look at what's happening to Democrat-run cities, every single one of them. We're going to lift millions more of our citizens from welfare to work, dependence to independence, and poverty to prosperity. With your help, we will elect more Republicans to Congress to create a safe, modern, fair, and lawful system of immigration. We will enact trade deals that result in more products proudly stamped with the four beautiful words made in the USA. Boom, boom. Made in the USA. If you want, made in America, I don't care. What do you like better? Made in America or made in the USA? Go ahead. Wait. Ready? We'll go made in America, then made in the USA. What do you like better? Made in America? Made in the USA. Okay. So I think we know that answer. 
So in 2016, we had, in my opinion, the greatest phrase in the history of politics, make America great again, right? Now we're within moments, hopefully, of having, despite what you heard a few weeks ago, maybe we're heading, oh, they're going like, please, please let there be a recession, please. They're willing to give up their results because they think it'll help them win the election. They're not going to win the election. Don't forget, we're doing this and still fighting the unfairness of China and other countries on trade. What happens when that gets fixed and other things get fixed? We're, we're setting new records and we're fighting trade deals and we're fighting military deals that are unfair to our country. Think what happens when it all gets fixed. We have ourselves a country that's going to be so strong. But we had a phrase, make, right? Make America great again, the best. I think it was maybe the greatest. You know, folks, you can tell how much he loves this country and how much he really wants to do well by this country. And truthfully, how much he's done. He's right. And he's done it not just with foreign opposition. He's done it with domestic opposition. He's done it with a Democrat party that has sought to cripple him. Even before he was elected, he did it with an Obama administration that spied on his campaign and tried to destroy him and unleashed a, uh, an outrageous investigation through the uh, director of the FBI and others. And, of course, the media in this country that has worked overtime, that has worked 24-7 to try and destroy this president. And he's been up against all of them, so he's going to need our help. That's the way I view it. When we come back, Mark Morgan, Custom and Border Patrol's acting commissioner, he wants to tell us about this wall. And it's being built. And a lot of it. I'll be right back. Plastic conservative fire. The Mark Levin Show. Call in now at 877-381-3811. The good, the true, the beautiful. Think about how those concepts work. Think about them for a second. What do they actually mean? How can one begin to understand these high and noble ideals? Well, folks, it starts with the right kind of education. This kind of education used to be common, but has become increasingly rare. Used to be that college students, young people, would study comprehensively. A variety of subjects, from philosophy to politics to biology, from literature to history to theology. A core curriculum, in other words, the core. Sadly, that's not the case these days. But I can tell you about one place where young people study like this, and that's Hillsdale College. Now, at Hillsdale, students work hard, spending more than half their time studying the core. The result? Hillsdale alumni are leaders with intelligence and character, ready to make a difference in their families, communities, and country. But it all starts with that core, the core that every student takes, the core that develops moral and intellectual virtue, the core that helps them understand the good, the true, and the beautiful. Find out more about what education is meant to be at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. That's levinforhillsdale.com. Mark Morgan is a longtime law enforcement fellow, worked at the FBI, also worked in immigration. He is the Acting Commissioner of Customs and Border Patrol. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, Mark. 
Well, I've been watching you, and it's been kind of weird out there, I must say, Mr. Commissioner. In other words, for instance, uh, you and the president are criticized for not having really built enough wall. When the Democrats have been blocking you, when they run to court to try and block you from moving funds around, which every president has done for a variety of reasons, now you're building the wall. So you're faulted if you're building the wall. Gee, look at that. He's violating appropriations. And then you're criticized if you're not. So what do you make of that? Yeah, I tell you, Mark, you're spot on. It's so frustrating. There, there's so many false narratives to break down in just what you said. But one of the greatest false narratives is that, that is just horrendous. It's, it's, it's almost unconscionable that so we, we are building a wall, and then they want to say, well, it's not really new wall. Uh, right, it's it's replacing uh, pre-existing barriers. Well, I, I can tell you, Mark, and the experts, the border patrol agents on the line will tell you, is that the the current um, barriers that we have in place now they're old, dilapidated, and they're absolutely ineffective. And every mile of wall that's being built, it's absolutely a new mile of wall. And, and Mark, it's even more than that. It's actually a wall system. It has integrated lighting, integrated technology, access roads. It's Absolutely a new wall. Right now, we've already built 65 miles of new wall. And I hear you're going to be building a lot more over the course of the next year and a half. That's absolutely right. Right now, because we finally, the Secretary of Defense finally uh, agreed, and we, we got additional $3.6 million that's out there. So with all the funding from DOD, we're looking at about between 450 to 500 miles of new wall by the end of 2020. Uh, I mean, it's, it's absolutely uh, going to increase the capacity of the Border Patrol to safeguard this country uh, across strategic locations on the southwest border. And Mark Morgan, this is to be celebrated, and yet the same media sources, and quite frankly, the same leftists in and out of government, in and out of the Democrat Party, are furious that you're accomplishing this. It's, it's, uh, I, I've never seen anything like this. Well, it, 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 Mark, you're absolutely right, and it just it defies logic. And let's go back, and I know you've talked about this before, let's go back to 2005 and 6, the Secure Fence Act, with the same individuals that, that, are, that are calling the wall immoral, saying we don't need it, saying it's ineffective, were saying the opposite back in 2005 and 6. It just is so frustrating. And again, and, and, and some of the individuals will love to call this the president's vanity wall. And I can tell you, that's absolutely a false narrative. What the president has done is actually deliver and listen to the experts. The, the Border Patrol field leadership has said this is part of what we need. We need this wall as part of that multi-layer strategy of infrastructure, technology, and personnel. The president listened, and he's delivering what the experts have been asking for. Now, the president put pressure on Mexico, and now they have, I understand, 27,000 troops committed to securing their border, which helps secure our border. And as I understand it, uh, it's had an effect. Tell us about that. It absolutely has, and I think you're spot on. So, look, if you just look at the history and, and you look at the negotiations from this, this president, this administration, uh, once this president actively engaged in negotiations with the government of Mexico in, in, in uh, late May, June, ever since that moment, you've seen Mexico step up, and they are acting as true partners, really seeing this for the first time as a regional crisis, not just a U.S. crisis. And because of that, like you just said, 
unprecedented support. 25,000 troops, 10,000 at the southern border, 15,000 at the U.S.-Mexico border. Um, they're, they're strengthening their apprehension at Chiapas, which is, which is there between Guatemala and Mexico, the key area for, for those borders. Right now, their apprehension so far this, this calendar year, over 130,000. All of the last year, 80,000. Um, and right now, there's another significant thing that they're supporting. It's called the MPP, the Migrant Protection Protocol. And that allows us, individuals that are illegally entering this country, in the United States, we're actually having them wait in Mexico while they go through immigration proceedings in this country. Right now, Mark, we're, we're, we're looking at almost 44,000 individuals that are waiting in Mexico that otherwise would have been in our facilities in the country or we would have already released them into the interior United States because of our broken laws. Absolutely significant. You know, it's significant as a foreign policy accomplishment, too. How many presidents have been able to do this? None. None. Look, we we have been working with with our international partners to see this as a regional crisis and step up and and to work with partners for a very long time. And it just hasn't happened until this president. And right now, the past 90 days, and here's a significant number, Mark, the past 90 days since May, uh, um, the end of May, which we saw the height, 144,000 apprehensions. Since then, the numbers came in August. We have seen a in those ninety days. We've seen a fifty-seven percent reduction in apprehension. Fifty-seven percent, absolutely significant. You know, it's interesting. Uh, I'm sure Commissioner Morgan at some point somebody will say, "Well, the Mexicans aren't paying for the wall," and somebody's going to try and get clever with tariffs. Here's what I would say: Would anybody have believed that there'd be twenty-seven thousand American troops helping us to prevent? aliens from coming into our country illegally? Would they believe that there were 40-some thousand individuals on the Mexican side of the border trying to get into our country but being processed in Mexico? If he had run on that, nobody would believe him about that either. So whether they pay for the wall is really not the point. The point is that Mexico is actually partnering with us now to try and help, aren't they? Uh, you, know, you know, Mark, everything you just said, you're, you're spot on. And I could, con- I could even continue to, to, to go on. So, so in May, at the, at the height, we, we had around 48 large caravans. You remember, one single caravan back in May in El Paso was over 1,000. Mm-hmm. Last month, August 6th. And that's directly due to Mexico tightening up their interior enforcement, identifying the alien smuggling routes, stopping buses, turning around, and sending those people back. It, it, it's, you're absolutely spot on. Now, now what, what I will say, though, is you know, I, I'm still a little bit you know, cautious because we need Mexico to, to continue to sustain this, and we still need Mexico to step up in key critical areas to continue to do more in specific targeted locations. But, but right now, th- their, their support is, is unprecedented and absolutely is, is directly impacting the low apprehensions. I know there are different areas uh, in the immigration uh, issue that, that you cover versus Ken Cuccinelli and so forth and some, but he's got quite a team now. And let me ask you a question. When you hear people running for office saying, get rid of ICE, and then when you hear people running for office saying, uh, we are going to close our detention centers, and these same people say that we shouldn't build a wall, then what are we going to do? Well, th- Nothing. Well, that, that, that's exactly right. Oh, wh- when you hear that rhetoric, wh- what that means is open borders. 
That's what that means. And the American people need to understand that. If you're talking about, and they're trying to do that, re- reduce funding so ICE doesn't have detention beds. Talk about getting rid of ICE. Talk about all the things, you know, the wall is it needed. When you put all those things together, if, if, if any of that, let alone all of it happens, we will have no borders. And, and th- th- this is coming from a guy, you started off, I appreciate it. I'm a law enforcement career guy. I'm not a politician. I don't want to be a politician. This is coming from somebody that's been doing this for a long time. And I'm telling American people, if those policies come into play, we'll have open borders. Mr. Producer, cut 11. Mr. Uh, Mr. Morgan, Commissioner Morgan, Mark, my friend, I want you to listen to this. This is Janet Napolitano, who did a very poor job, I might add, in my opinion, at a hearing today. Uh, on the border. Cut 11, go. Uh, What I uh, mean to suggest is that the border itself is not the number one threat to the safety and security of the American people, despite the overwhelming public attention being drawn to the border as the function of DHS. Well, if she means China's a threat, Russia's a threat, Iran, you know, uh, North Korea, and uh, terrorists and an open. In other words, this is how they downplay this issue. They failed. Now they downplay this. It's not the number one threat, but it is a grave threat. Is it not, Mr. Commissioner? Mark, again, you're absolutely spot on. I get so frustrating. So, so because we have, I mean, right, just follow the logic. Because DHS, the, the big entity that it is, and let's throw cyber in there, because they have a, a, a eclectic wide array of threats that we have to, and the American people should expect us to address every single day somehow, then the, the th- national security threat along the southwest border, isn't that important? I mean, that's ridiculous. The American people should expect us, as part of DHS, to be able to multitask and simultaneously address all those threats at the same time, and that's what we're doing. Well, you're terrific. The president made a wonderful choice in, uh, in picking you for this slot, and he's, and he's really doing a great job, and so are you, and God bless you, my friend. Uh, thanks, sir. I appreciate that. All right, you take care of yourself. You know, Mr. Producer, the president and his team really is doing a, a uh, wonderful, wonderful job under horrific circumstances, quite frankly. What I want to do here now is I want people to listen to two cuts. I want you to listen to Beto O'Rourke at the Democratic Party State Convention in New Hampshire on Saturday. Cut one, go. And this is a country that has been defined by foundational systemic endemic racism since the very founding of this country august 20th of 1619 the first time that a kidnapped african was brought here against his will and made to serve as a slave to build the greatness and the success and the wealth of this country which his descendants would never be able to fully participate in this is the reality of the united states of america and sooner or later it was shut up you idiot what the hell are you running for president for 400 years ago 400 years ago. How come they never talk about the Civil War? How come they never quote Abraham Lincoln? This guy's done nothing for his country. Nothing. Not a damn thing. His parents were rich. His in-laws are rich. He went to an Ivy League school. He got elected to the House. He's done nothing. Absolutely nothing. To talk like this. To talk like this. To trash your own country. Who the hell wants a president like this? Sounds like Putin. Sounds like Xi and Un. And all the rest of them. 
Cut to go. Drove 600 miles, fueled by that racism, that hate, that fear, and that intolerance that has always been part of this country. Always been been part of this country. This is a sick man. Don't tell me these people love America when I tell you they're un-American. Don't tell me these people are patriotic when they hate our country, when they attack all of our institutions, when they go to place, to place, to place. He's living off the blood, sweat, and tears of other human beings, of other generations. I wish the world would have started off perfectly. I really do. I wish there weren't slaves in Africa today. I wish the Egyptians didn't hold the Jews as slaves. I wish the Native Americans, one defeating the other, didn't hold them as slaves. I do a lot of wishing. But humanity is good and bad. It's imperfect. Our system, the United States, was not founded in 1619. This country, apart from our government, was not founded in slavery. I am sick of these liars in the media. You want to vote for a punk like this? This is a punk. Cory Booker's no better. Bernie Sanders no better. Elizabeth Warren's no better. Julian Castro is now saying he wants Netanyahu defeated in Israel. Time for a new administration. The hell do these people think they are? And people are worried about Trump's tweets. And this guy, Scaramucci. What a slime ball. That's right, you little punk. You and your little ego. Your massive ego. You love the president. You, hey, you're, you're like uh, Joe Scarborough, another fake fraud. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know, ladies and gentlemen, the summer inventory clearance sale for Chaminade is here. In fact, it's winding down. Right now, when you order Genesel Jawline Treatment, you'll get the classic Genesel for bags and puffiness free. That's right, free today. Now, here's Beverly from Huntsville, Alabama. OMG, I love this product. I saw a difference almost immediately. Would recommend to everyone if they have a problem with their jawline. All Genesel products, they're amazing. Using MDL technology and Chaminade's proprietary base, Genesel's new jawline treatment specifically targets the delicate skin around the neck and jaw for tight, healthy, younger-looking skin. Results guaranteed are 100% of your money back, no questions asked. To start seeing results in 12 hours or less, Genesel immediate effects, also free. Order now and their legendary collagen builders, also free. So call 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604. That's three free gifts with your order, limited time only. 800-SKIN-604 or go to Genesel.com. That's Genesel.com. Cut six. Go. Uh, both Bernie Sanders and your fellow, uh, other father, fellow uh, competitor, um, former Congressman Beto O'Rourke, have suggested they would be opening to leveraging, using U.S. financial aid uh, to Israel uh, to push that country to pursue a two-state solution with the Palestinians. Listen, listen to this. Being pushed by the media and the Democrat left. Go ahead. Consider. Well, look, uh, I believe that we're going to have an opportunity after the September elections in Israel. I hope we're going to have a new opportunity 
uh, to uh, be a part of trying to bring those two parties together for peace there with a two-state solution. Uh, I agree that you know, with our allies, uh, sometimes uh, tough love is in order, but I would hope that, uh, that we wouldn't have to go down that road. Israel is an ally. Uh, it's going to continue to be an ally. Uh, I have deep concerns. Right, that's that- enough with Mr. Castro. So they want to blackmail Israel. Not Iran, who they give $150 billion to. Not China. Not Russia. Not the UK. No, no, no. Israel. Israel. And this is the mentality now of the Democrat Party in this country and the media. Jake Tapper has always been a big supporter of the Palestinian Authority and even Hamas when they're shooting missiles into Israel. I've called him out before. He's a self-hater in my view. I don't see any way around it. And there are lots of them. There are lots of them. But Julian Castro and uh, Bernie Sanders, another one, and so forth and so on, they're going to pressure Israel to give up its security and its sovereignty. In other words, destroy Israel. Ladies and gentlemen, we sal- and America, by the way, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. Thank you for listening. Do me, yourselves, and the country a favor. Secure your copy of Unfreedom of the Press right now at Amazon.com. And give it to somebody else if you already have one. See you tomorrow. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.